Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, yet another masterclass by the point guard. CP3's must-see fourth quarter, and that put Dallas in an 0-2 hole. And Miami, again, they take advantage of an Embiidless Sixers squad, our crew, on what impresses them the most about the Heat. Plus, an injury update on Joel, as well as Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons' surgery news, Gary Payton's prognosis. We've got it all covered, and we start right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Kendrick Perkins and Ramona Shelburne. Vince Carter's going to be by in just a little bit. But before we get to all the action from last night, we need to start with some breaking news. Dylan Brooks, he's been suspended for Game 3 following his flagrant two foul against Gary Payton II. So, Perk, what is your reaction to this? Uh, he deserved it. He deserved it. Uh, I think the NBA made the right call on this one. Listen, there's no place in the game for this. And I get it. People want uh, a physicality and things of that nature, playoff basketball. But you got to set some type of standard and some type of law. And I think the NBA did a great job by suspending Dylan Brooks and setting the standard because this can't be tolerated. Well, I'm reading the NBA's announcement right now, and they're citing unnecessary and excessive is the term they're using to describe the contact uh, against Gary Payton II. Bringing in Vince Carter now. Reaction to your to this suspension, Vince. I mean, it was it's it's warranted, and he he earned that one. I mean, it was it's it was excessive, and you know, it's it's. I understand when coaches say we don't want to give layups, but it's to a point where you got to understand. I made the hustle play. I applaud, I applaud him for the hustle play, trying to get back, not allowing the the layup. But at some point, you have to you have to understand. All right, I can't get there, and if I try to attempt to block this shot, I can hurt him or myself. And he took it to the next level and, of course, hurt uh, Gary Payton and he deserved his suspension. Well, we, we had a spirited discussion about this yesterday on the show. And, and, Perk, you pointed out the fact that it doesn't matter, really. You said that whether or not he intended to hurt Gary Payton, it certainly you wouldn't yeah. hope that he didn't intend to. Right. You just can't make a play like that, Ramona, because you yeah. have to know what the consequences could oh. be here. I mean, you have a guy going full speed who's defenseless that you take a wild swing at from behind. Yep. And I know people make the comparison to Draymond on Green's play the, from the game before, but that wasn't that Brandon Clark was not going full totally speed. Different. Okay, yeah, different. He's, he's 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 not going full speed. He, Draymond tried to hold him up. That is a difference. Um, Dylan Brooks wild swing from behind at a defenseless player who's going for a layup and doesn't try to hold him up either. And the fact that Gary Payne fractured his elbow and has some ligament damage, that's that does factor in. It reminds me of Alex Caruso and Grayson Allen earlier in the year. Absolutely. That, that I would think, is a more apt comparison. And the league cited that injury yep. in this decision when they announced it. Dylan Brooks, though, 13 points per game. That's what he's averaging this postseason. Plus 16 for the Grizzlies when he's on the court. Perk, what are they going to miss the most with Dylan Brooks? In well, obviously his tenacity and what he brings on the defensive side of things 
things. He hadn't shot the ball extremely mm -hmm. well, but the Grizz the Memphis Grizzlies, they have enough. When you look at a guy like Tyus Jones, you can play him and John Morant together. You know, you expect uh, Baines to elevate his game, and then you look at Melton along with the rookie, Zaire uh, Williams. Yep. I, they have enough uh, to, to actually go out there and get one or maybe two games in Golden State uh, uh, and hope that when Dylan Brooks do get back, he's going to be able to provide that tenacity and the edge that he brings to the table. Absolutely. So, Again, in yeah. this whole situation, we also have it being announced by the league that Draymond Green, he's been fined $25,000 for making obscene gestures. Obviously, he gave the, the crowd that double bird as he was walking through the tunnel. Vince, what do you think of all of that? Yeah, I mean, we, I think we kind of knew that was it was writing on the <laughs> wall, and he understood, and he mentioned it. He said, yeah, if I'm going to get fined, that's fine. You know, I'm protecting myself, and I'm going back at them. So, yeah, I... I wasn't surprised about that one. <laughs> I mean, is it like one? Is it like twenty-five thousand per bird? Or I mean, is that? I don't know what the stand the standard is anymore. I don't see how. <laughs> look, he knew he was going to have some retaliation after what happened yeah. in the first game. Um, I don't see how him doing that with the crowd has any bearing on him protecting himself, right? And on the court, that's one thing, but to the crowd is another thing. So the NBA has to has to yeah. find that every time. Mm -hmm. Kendrick, you, you were pointing to another instance that happened earlier in this postseason. What are your thoughts here? Well, when I, when I look at, I'm just trying to see what was the difference between Draymond and Kyrie Irving because I'm, I'm, I believe Kyrie Irving was fined 50000 I don't want to dive too much into details. But, you know, like, Draymond is the emotional guy, right? And he expected to be fine. Matter of fact, he said it in his post-game interview that I don't mind. Mm -hmm. I, I'll take this fine <laughs> because I'm ready. If they want to go this way, I'll go this way with them if they want to be this way. So, at the end of the day, we know this is who Draymond is. And, and this is not his first roller coaster. I was the enforcer. I was a guy that actually played like this. I was a guy that actually got fines. Sometimes my teams actually picked up my fines at times. Not all the time. I wish I still could get about $200,000 of those dollars back that I missed out on. But I think, you know, the scary part about this is this. Mm. Usually when Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors come up against adversity and then they walk up into that arena in Golden State in the Bay Area, the team, the opponent, they better watch the hell out because that team is going to be playing with an edge led by Draymond Green. The crowd is going to be fired up. And in that post-game interview, I haven't seen Steph Curry look that mad in a long time. Mm. I've never seen him look mad. He always had that smile, but he turned red. And we all know when the yellow boy turned red, it's problem. Draymond Green <laughs> fined $25,000. Dylan Brooks suspended for game three. And all of that leads us to the Warriors guard, Gary Payton. His Ooh. second MRI was yesterday, and it revealed a fractured left elbow. And Payton is going to be reevaluated in two weeks, but the team has not ruled him out yet for the season. So starting with you, Perk, what does this injury mean for the Warriors? It means a lot. It means a lot. I mean, this team actually feeds off the energy and the story of yep. Gary Payton Jr. Mm. Think about it. They have been behind him 100%. A guy that walked into training camp without a guaranteed roster, made the roster, getting meaningful minutes. But look, check out these plays right here. Look, helping this guy out, being in sync, recovering to the three-point line to get a block. It's a one-possession game, one-point game. On the other end, look, 3 and D guy. Getting better at what he needs to do. Know the system, stretching out, holding his corners, taking his time, lefty stepping into his shot, knocking down the three. Right here, great, great help defense. 
on DeMarcus Cousins. Look at the communication. Look at the vision. At the nail. Look, sink, feel, block the shot, able to keep it in bounce, and getting out in transition. Again, right here. Coming up, setting the screen. This is a guard. Setting the screen and roll. At this, look, look at the bench. Right there. That's the energy yep. that you want. This is the type of type of feel that he brought to the team. And with him being missing, whether it's when they make it through this series, they're going to miss him going against John Morant. Well, if, they, he, if they get to Golden State, yep. I mean, if they get to Phoenix, yep. Chris Paul and, and, and Devin Booker, you need Gary Payton to second. Well, he's one of the team's best mm -hmm. on-ball defenders, right? They've been yeah. starting him for a reason, to stick him on John Morant, Vince. And, it, and what that does, guys, is you put Gary Payton on them, and now you don't need Steph or Clay or Jordan Poole to try to guard this guy, mm -hmm. John Morant, and his ability and athleticism. You just let him go down there because we're not sitting here and saying, oh, they're going to miss his offense. They're going to miss his intensity and his defensive ability to guard multiple positions is what they're going to miss because they have plenty of offensive weapons. And now if he's not in there, you're asking now – other guys to have to guard and score on the other end. And that's the wonderful thing about Gary Payton. You can implement him into your lineup, go guard, and he's just going to run the floor. And he's just going to get into guys, and he's just going to annoy guys. And now they don't have that type of player now. Absolutely. Well, we get to see game three of that series play out on Saturday. So to come, though, on NBA Today, we haven't even gotten into the games from last night. The Heat, they've taken full advantage of no Joel. Our crew on what impresses them the most about Miami. <laughs> Plus, we do have an update on the status of Joel Embiid and a must-hear discussion on Harden's contract situation this summer. We've also got the woman, the myth, the <laughs> legend herself joining us live in a matter of minutes. Don't miss Elena Dell Dawn in just a bit on NBA today. Oh, and the point guard. We're getting into that. Next. <laughs> we better. We're getting into that next. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is brought to you by Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, only in theaters Friday. Welcome back to NBA Today. So I don't know about you guys, but it was one of those things last night when I was watching the Suns where it was like Chris Paul hit a shot. And it was like, yes, all right, here we go. Yep. Fourth quarter, this is what he does. So let's go there now because at the start of the fourth, he knocks down a three. Mm. And then he just keeps going, creating Cam Johnson again. Next possession here. Watch Luka Doncic. He blows by Luka, gets the layup to go. Eight consecutive points created. And later in the fourth, 14 consecutive points created by this point. Paul again hunting Luca on the switch. <gasps> hits a step back. 16 consecutive points created. Take another look. So then the next possession. We do realize that Luca is, is Dallas' best player, and they're picking on him. I, I mean, this is just the story of the game, for hunting Luca <laughs> over and over and over again. It's the spin, the blow by, the float. Scored or assisted, get this, 
first 19 points in the fourth quarter. He finished with 28 and 8. And then Devin Booker. If it can't be Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker doing that. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, he him. loves it. Well, bless this too, Perk. Hand in his face. There's nothing you yes. can do about that. Once again, holds the pose. Booker team high 30 points. The Suns win 129-109. Because of this, again. And again, it was Devin Booker. Here's what Booker had to say about Chris Paul after the game. I remember growing up, I want to take it back to when I was five years old again, but me and my dad watching him play, and he was like, you see how he makes sure everybody's involved, and then he picks his times when he's going to take over the game. And I've just always admired, you know, the way, the way he does that. Um, he's just in control at all times. You know, he's two, three steps ahead of whatever the other team's doing. Um, and just the leadership, you know, that can never go unnoticed when you're talking about this man and just the way he holds people accountable, um, the will to win. Um, I mean, the, the list keeps going on and on. You know, that's why he has the nickname he does. So, CJ McCollum, he was one of just many folks jumping on social media last night to marvel at Phoenix's fourth quarter <laughs> performance. He tweeted, this Suns team is really good. I don't feel as bad watching CP and them cook someone else. Of course, he yeah. was cooked with the Pelicans by Chris Paul. And CJ, you, should, you shouldn't feel so bad. Because not only is Chris Paul picking apart the Mavericks, picking apart the Pelicans, and that's this postseason, he dominated the fourth quarter all season mm -hmm. long, as we saw, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. So, Ramona, let, let's just start with you here. How does he, how does he get it done? Look, he has built himself into a player who is going to succeed in the fourth quarter because he mm -hmm. he calibrates this like he sets himself up to have the most left at the end there and there it's not a coincidence that he's taking it to Luka Doncic on the defensive end because on the flip side you want to make sure Luka doesn't have a lot left in the fourth quarter you want to get him tired there I think this reminds me a bit of, I remember in 2010, Kobe Bryant had knee injuries where it was just basically bone on bone. And he just completely redid his offseason. He completely redid the way he took care of his body, the way he trained. Chris did that a couple years ago, and it's like he's a new man out there. I mean, a couple years ago, he had hamstring injuries. He had a lot of, he had a lot of health issues that set him back to the point where when he got traded for Russell Westbrook, people mm. said, that was the worst contract in the league. How's that look now? looking pretty good. Can you, can you take us a little bit deeper? Uh, absolutely. And guess what? You know, Chris Paul and I are the same age. He's still oh, playing really? killing these young boys. And I have you started, said it, not me. And uh, I have started my next career. But look, let's dive a little <laughs> deeper into it. Y'all can call him CP3. Y'all can call him the ultimate floor general. Today, his name is Christopher wow. Emmanuel Paul. And let's get deeper into it. Where we at? Here we go. Chris Paul doing work. Hitting contested shots. Look, when you're in film room and you're the Mavericks, you will say this is a gr great defensive play. Not to Chris Paul. Come here, Cleveland. Oh, freeze. Look at that. Look at Cleveland wingspan. 6'10 wingspan. CP3, I don't see you. Mid-range assassin. I'm getting to my spot. Roll the tape. Here we go. Attacking Luka. By the way, Dallas best player. But let's see if he can slide these puppies, okay? Put him in the pick and roll. Here we go. Luca, uh, let me dance on you. You trying to press up on me? I'm going to give you the old school spin off, and I'm going to finish in the paint. And one. And I'm going to talk noise and look at your bench. And that's what I'm going to do because I'm CP3, class 03. Mickey D's class will perk. Here we go. I don't need to pass today. I'm not in the passing mood. I'm coming down. I want to get into my bag. 
Four dribbles up the floor. He sees Spencer dead winning. He's dead bird tall grass. I'm gonna attack you. Put my shoulder into your chest, tomato chest style. Call out and one. I'm gonna talk noise to the referee as I'm walking back down. This is CP3 doing work at his finest top five point guard to ever play the game of basketball. Well, Period. The Suns, they repeatedly targeted Luca, as you pointed out, Burke. They targeted him as the screener defender in the second half. They did it 19 times, Ooh. according to Second Spectrum. Better get him a speed ladder. Phoenix scored 1.81 points per, cha per chance on these plays, the highest efficiency allowed by a single screener defender in any half over the last three seasons among those to defend at least 15 direct picks. So that's a whole lot of mumbo jumbo. But Jason Kidd, he sounded like a broken record last night. Remember, after game one, he said someone else has to come to the party to help Luca. Did anyone else come to the party? Well, take a listen. He had a great game, um, but no one else showed. So, you know, we got to get other guys, uh, you know, um, shooting the ball better. Um, we can't win with just him out there scoring 30 a night. Not at this time of the year. And we're playing the best team in, in, in the league. And so um, we got to get other guys going. Need somebody. Where does he need the most help? <laughs> Defensive end or getting when he's getting hunted or someone to help lessen the scoring burden, Vince? Hey, Perk, you said he needs a what? He needs the speed ladder. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> That's good. The, the That's bears good. work, work hey, on the bills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, I, I think more than anything, well, to, along with the defense, you know, they had to come up with a different defensive scheme, loading yes. um, to guys just to give them some support behind them. You know, offensively, I think Luka needs to trust his guys a little more. Thank you. And, and take a little piece out of CP3's book as far as utilizing what Spencer Dinwiddie brings to the table, utilizing what mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson been, uh, brings to the table because these guys are very capable. When Luka was not on the floor, they relied on those two guys and everybody thought, oh, are the Dallas Mavericks in trouble? No, they saved the day getting wins for the Mavericks until Luka got back. So for him, he has to trust more because, yes, he could die dominate and score 35 like like Jay Kidd said oh he was great Luca played great but they still lost by 20 so now <laughs> he can play great by letting these younger I mean letting these other guys do work early in three quarters and take a piece out of Chris Paul's book and be the dominant force in the fourth quarter and he'll have more energy you know before this series I was to talking slide to his feet as well <laughs> when I was talking to someone in Dallas, they said, this can't just be Luka one-on-five versus the Suns. they got to have Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson put pressure on the defense. It, it, and that's also involving Luka letting them do that. And so I think one of mm -hmm. the ways that you, we've, we've seen this is Phoenix is going at Luka making him play defense. The Mavs need to go at the Suns and make them play defense and tire them out in that way. Uh, it, it's just a it's a schematic adjustment that Dallas needs to make. But they had, they've won this year because of improved defense. And I think it's a whole adjustment they need to make on that side of the ball rather than necessarily saying, okay, Jalen, you do more, Spencer, you do more. Well, I, I think Jason Kidd has done a great job overall on the defensive side yep. of things and offensively. Well, I will say this. Playoffs, playoffs is about adjustments. Yep. And the yep. adjustment that 
they need to make is more player movement, more ball movement. Right now, yes. this Luka, yes. this Dallas Maverick yep. team is looking like a LeBron James team in Cleveland mm -hmm. where he's dancing with the ball for 20 seconds and then trying to find a guy That's the right. last two or three seconds to shoot a three, and it's not good basketball. Your teammates need to feel involved. And also, this is not going to work against the Phoenix Suns. Right. They have too many guys around the perimeter, and they're too great. They're too athletic at actually getting out to the three-point line and covering the three-point line. Defensively, I don't think they have an answer because they have so many bigs that they could throw in the mix that are dynamic rollers and could finish at the basket that they have to pay attention to the other. So if DeAndre Aiden is rolling, guess what? It don't matter. It's no, it's not no help. He's playing the dunker spot. That's why Devin Booker and CP3 is able to go to work. I, I, I don't, I mean, unless Jesus Christ is walking through that door, I think this series is over in five. Easter's already passed, hun. Uh, can so. I say one thing? Malika, Go I ahead. got one thing. Hey, I, I, I want to say this. You know, and, and the worst thing as an offensive player is when you're going to work down there and the opposing bench is saying it, yelling out this. He's not passing. He's not going to pass. That's the worst thing yes. you can hear. If I'm right, Perk, as a player, when the other team knows that and you're starting to see the Phoenix defense load to Luka, kind of like what we're seeing the Miami Heat do to uh, James Harden. Yeah. They're loaded because, they, well, one, they know he's not going to pass or they're going to make it tough for him. And, and you don't want that. You, that's the worst thing you can hear as a player is the other team calling out your play or calling out that you're not passing. Well, and if this continues, Dallas, it seems to be going downhill quickly. We'll see what adjustments they can make for this game three. Coming up on NBA Today, we have reaction from the Golden State Warriors on the suspension of Dylan Brooks. Stay tuned. We still that. got the push brooms in the back. I got you. <laughs> yeah, get them during the we all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com live from los angeles welcome back to nba today welcome back to nba today developing story in the warriors grizzlies series dylan brooks has been suspended for game three for this flagrant foul two on gary payton in game two tuesday night so payton will be reevaluated in two weeks and the grizzlies they've outscored the warriors by 16 points in 33 minutes with dylan brooks on the floor of the series giving him the best plus minus for any memphis player in this matchup so now welcoming in our Warriors reporter, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, what's the reaction within the Warriors team to Dylan Brooks' one-game suspension here? Well, Malika, I've been talking to people in the Warriors since yesterday, and they were hoping that Brooks would be suspended now. Of course, we know that he suspended one game. The Warriors will take it, but they're not necessarily happy with it. One person told me that they wanted Brooks out for at least two games, and Steve mm. Kerr went as far as to say the player who committed the foul should be suspended for as long as the injured player will be out. Of course, Gary Payton is expected to miss approximately one month, so Malika, it's unlikely that he will be back uh, anytime soon, and the only way we might see him again in the playoffs is if the Warriors make it to the NBA Finals. Okay, so staring, staying with Gary Payton then, he was injured on that foul. How do the Warriors plan to replace Peyton's minutes here? 
it's going to be tricky. We could see Andrew Wiggins take on more of the uh, defensive responsibility on John Morant. That was Gary Payton's number one assignment. It even got him into the starting lineup. So we will see some adjustments in the starting lineup. Wiggins could take on more of responsibility defending jaw. We could see more Jonathan Kaminga. He's the one guy on this Warriors team who kind of even comes close to John Morant's athleticism. The Warriors were really hoping that they would get back Andre Iguodala, who mm. missed the first two games of this series with a neck injury. But Malika, he's going to be out for at least another week, making it unlikely that we see him at all in the series against Memphis. Uh, and lastly, Kendra, the reaction within the Warriors to Draymond's $25,000 fine for flipping the double bird in game two is what? There isn't that big of a surprise, right? Draymond <laughs> Green even said after the game, yeah, he expected to be fined. That's why he thought that the crowd was cheering him on when he gave the double bird. But as Draymond said, it was worth it. It felt good to him in that moment. And uh, he said he can make up that $25,000 in just one appearance. So no surprise from the Warriors. Kendra, thank you so much for spending some time with us on NBA Today. You can see game three of the Grizzlies Warriors Saturday, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on ABC. The Celtics versus the Bucks, they get the day started at 3.30 Eastern. I'll be on the sidelines for that one. So here's a fun fact. Still doesn't seem real. This is the first time in 17 years, that's nearly two decades, that the second round of the playoffs has not featured either LeBron James or Kevin Durant. So times they are a changing. The eight franchises vying for a title, they've all found themselves here through drafts, off-season moods, shrewd drafting, and staying the course, not going the route of the super team. So our Ramona Shelburne with more, dare I say, on the demise of the super team. Mm. around at the eight teams remaining in the NBA playoffs and tell me what you see or rather who you don't see the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers the overwhelming preseason favorites to meet in the NBA finals this season are nowhere to be found as the second round of the playoffs begin the Lakers would not even make the playoffs Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant head into the offseason a lot of things didn't go our way. By now, each of their failures has been well-documented and dissected. I can't stand this team. Frankly, the NBA world is sick of talking about the two super teams. They make me sick. Whose superstars just didn't deliver. But it's worth pausing for a minute to consider whether the Nets and the Lakers' failures are part of a larger trend in the NBA. Away from so-called super teams to actual super teams. Something special's going on in Boston with these Celtics. Well-constructed teams such as the Boston Celtics or Phoenix Suns who've been built over years of shrewd drafting. Well, I'm definitely excited. Player development and opportunistic trades. <laughs> Veteran teams such as the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. Or Miami Heat to establish identities and culture. Jimmy Butler, vicious. Young teams such as the Memphis Grizzlies and Dallas Mavericks with budding superstars who've developed and grown together. Alongside smartly chosen veterans and role players. Even the two teams that come the closest to the previous superstar dependent model, the Golden State Warriors and Philadelphia 76ers, have gone to great lengths to develop young players in meaningful roles alongside their superstars. All of the teams remaining in the playoffs have at least one star player. But unlike the Nets and the Lakers, none of them seems beholden to them. There's a fine line between supporting and empowering superstars in the NBA. 
and catering to them in a way that's unhealthy for the rest of the franchise. The teams left standing have walked that line. The Nets and the Lakers crossed it and never found their way back. Really interesting good stuff there, Ramona. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, James Harden, right? He yeah. he was part of the KD Kyrie super team in Brooklyn that now finds itself himself on a Philadelphia team that is in an 0-2 hole against Miami. Now, the easy kind of low-hanging fruit question, right? It would be should the 76ers offer James Harden a yeah. max contract? But that's not actually the situation here. I explain. I think you have to assume that when they make a trade, of that magnitude and give up what they gave up. There's an assumption on both sides that a long-term extension is going to be offered. Mm -hmm. The question now, though, is what type of long-term extension right. do the Sixers present James Harden with? Do they go full max where he's going to be making 60-something million dollars a year when he's 37? Right. <laughs> That's a lot of... Let me say that again. Over $60 million a year when he's 37 a years lot of old. Money. From what you've seen so far... I don't know that you can project out and say he's going to be worth that when he's 37. And I think if you're the Sixers, you can get very creative here now in how you structure that deal. The question is, does James Harden accept that? And the, and the question of not only accept it, but what does he do if he doesn't like what you are presented here? Mm. He did not pick up his player option for next year. It's $47.4 million. Yet. The player op yeah, he did not pick it up. He was going to do that as part of the trade but didn't get it done in time. He said, I didn't get the paperwork in time. He hasn't. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> you, know. you know something about that. Flat tire, right, Perk? Yeah. Sometimes you forget. But if he picks that up, by far, that is how he gets the most money if he picks that up and then does an extension off of that. You get right. over the max. But he has until June 29th to do that. Okay. Now, because he hasn't picked that up, he actually could become a free agent, which you would think gives him leverage. Okay. But... It also gives the Sixers leverage now because they would say, well, we're go if you're a free agent, where else can you get a better deal than what we can give you? So, so just so our viewers understand here, James Harden still has until June 29th yep. to be able to opt in and exercise that, that option. Mm -hmm. Then that would make him the most money for the next it, season. That option and then do an extension off of that. So, so right. So another option. So the four plus one is still yep. on the table. The option of signing just that next season deal. And then the, the, the third option that would be to presumably work out a longer-term deal with the 76ers that would leave the team with some more flexibility. Yeah. Is that right, Ramona? Those are yeah. sort of the three options on that. And, and that would require James taking less money, theoretically, if if they do it in that direction. Yep. But um, he, they have a bit of leverage in it now because he has not been the superstar that he has been. Um, and so this is where I think their offseason shapes up very interesting because – you you have to you don't make a trade like that without it being seen as a long-term trade right on both sides so so this is what the, that that option that you talked about whether he signs by the 29th right. whether there is a supermax on the table or a max on the table which seems increasingly unlikely with right. the way he's been playing that third option that we talked about working out a longer-term deal for less money that's what Chris Paul did right perk so if you're James Harden you're looking at these three options knowing one is becoming less and less viable what do you do well <clears throat> we talk about what Chris you just said mentioned what Chris Paul did Chris Paul did it because he Chris Paul actually want to win and it's the point of time where James Harden got to make a decision is it all about your money or do you want to actually win you have Joel and B you have a rising young star in Tyrese Maxey do you want to leave some of that money on the table so that the Philadelphia 76ers can make sure that they do their part and continue to put pieces around
on you so that you can actually compete and go try to win the championship. See, it's different type of players in this world, right? You look at it, they have different type of franchise guys. I've been around them all. Some guys is all about themselves, all about getting their money and getting up out the league and retiring in the sunset. Some guys want to get their money. They actually care about their legacy. They actually want to go down in the history books of being a champion. And so they make those willing sacrifices so that the organization can put them in position to be successful, to go out there and fulfill their need of winning the championship. Well, and to be clear, that type of money wouldn't get them another star, but it could get them another sort of role player if you mix and match something the way that you were that you were talking about. All right, pivoting to the man that Harden was moved for at the deadline, Ben Simmons. Uh, he elected to have back surgery. So, Ramona, what more can you tell us about this? So, there was a lot made before this back surgery about, you know, why he didn't play in that game, in that the game, the last game he was trying to come back for. When they took MRIs after the season, they found that the herniated disc, the bulge in his in his spinal column, was actually bigger than it had been. And they went to three hmm. or four different specialists and and decided that he needed surgery. I'm like, I don't know a back surgeon in the world that would do a surgery. If you didn't think the guy needed it, that's a, a serious operation. Yeah. Um, I myself had the same one, the microdisectomy. It's a it's a pretty easy recovery actually. It's a very minimally invasive recovery. The scar is probably about the size of your finger there. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't go about half your finger there. Um, that's about three months to come all the way back. But you can start doing PT physical therapy after three to four weeks. And so there's they're expecting that Ben Simmons will have plenty of time to recover and be back for the all of training camp. That's interesting that you're saying that the bulge was actually bigger yeah. when they went back and looked at that imaging. So how does this affect, if at all, the Nets offseason plans? Well, I mean, I, I think the sense was is they had to do everything they could to get Ben Simmons ready both mentally and physically for camp. Now you look at this and say, okay, he took a lot of heat after he didn't play, and, and some of it I'm sure is deserved, but he, there was an actual physical problem there. There was an injury. Mm. I mean, the, if you have a bulging disc in your back that's causing discomfort and it and, and, and has some interference with the spinal nerve, that is a serious injury. And so I think that does clarify things because there was so much mystery around Ben Simmons yeah. and why he wasn't playing. The fact that he has a real injury that needed surgery here clarify some things for Brooklyn moving forward. Well, we'll have more on the 76ers coming up on NBA Today because there's still a question mark yeah. of are we going to see the phantom of Joel Embiid return <laughs> and update on his injury that's next on NBA Today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. It's time for a little heat check because in South Beach last night, the Miami Heat, they took a dominant 2-0 lead over the 76ers. The Heat, they made life hard once again for James Harden, Big Perk. I mean, look, no just, just look at this defense, right? He don't know huh. where help is coming. Tyler Hero showing help out the corner. Their, their boxes and elbows. Look at Bam at the, at the nail. Like, he has no driving gaps whatsoever. This Heat team, I mean, it don't matter who you plug in. Jimmy Butler with authority. So let's go ahead later in the game in the third. Tyrese Maxey, 24 points, Ooh. 13 in this quarter. But Tyler Hero, he was smooth with that little crossover in the floater. Mm. He finished with 18 points. And in the fourth quarter, the Heat up 15. The wheels are starting to fall off. Victor Oladipo's knocking down the corner three. I mean, my goodness. And then once again, Oladipo knocks down another three. 19 points. A little trust. hug for Dwayne trust. Wade. Heat win 119-103. So bringing back Vince Carter now with two convincing wins against the Sixers thus far, what's the most impressive aspect to you of this Miami Heat team? The Heat's depth in defense. I mean, and, and right now, I mean, you can put, you know, Bam Adebayo in any pick and roll, and he can guard any player that you put out there. I mean, and that's, you know, a luxury that they have in, you know, not having Embiid. Well, now they're able to help and shrink. And, and, and Pert said it. You can plug anybody right now into what they're doing defensively, yeah. and it's working, and guys are understanding what they need to do. And just let's talk about this, Malika. They're doing this. Kyle Lowry hasn't played yet. Mm. You know, their depth. They're doing it with Duncan Robinson hasn't played yet. <laughs> this is first world problems where you you know you can your depth and who can, who you're going to play because yep. Victor Oladipo coming in plugging him back in and he's been fantastic for him obviously the sixth man of the year entirely hero so they just have so many weapons on both sides of the ball where right now as they move forward they just get stronger because of Kyle Lowry coming back and then you can implement as as needed Duncan Robinson. Yeah. You know, Martin, whoever you want. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's the, it's the double Ds for the Heat. It's depth and defense. All right, before we go anywhere, you mentioned Kyle Lowry. He's been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow night with that left hamstring strain. So I do, though, want to transition to another injury, Joel Embiid. He's also missed the first two games of this series. I want to bring back Ramona here because who knows more about this than you. What's the latest that you're hearing on his status for game three? So there's there's some more optimism that, that he can play in games three or game four. He's got a couple hurdles to clear still yeah um, but I'm told he's gonna he's gonna try to play work out today and tomorrow and they're gonna make a final decision much closer to game time um, he's got to get through the concussion protocols and get cleared for that orbital fracture but he really wants to play Malika I have really so. wants to get out there and and I think that would make a huge difference for the Sixers if he can play in any capacity mm. now if he does play he's gonna have to wear a mask but the good news is that this time they don't think he's going to need goggles with the mask. Okay. And in 2018, when he played with the, the, the Phantom of the Process mask, he hated those goggles. He just was like, <laughs> get rid of this thing. Um, because the goggles fog up. They were fogging up the whole time, and they were really uncomfortable. But because this injury did not involve the eye, and he didn't need surgery right away, he doesn't have to wear goggles in addition to the mask. Um, now... This mask, there's some there's some uh, nerdy engineers and who are working on this the whole time. Very excited about this mask. 
Okay. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> They've been working on it. The, apparently the technology in masks has come a long way in a few years. Well, a lot of people have been wearing masks of a different type. All right. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Next on NBA Today, Elena Deladon joins us in a matter of minutes. She's an absolute delight. That's a must-hear interview, and it's next as NBA Today continues. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. I refuse to lose. Every day I wake up and I choose. I've been through it all. Take a walk in my shoes. Defeated mindset in the past is so news. E-D-D, an MVP. The step back. She ties it. Cold-blooded. Elena Deladon has hit big shot after big shot for the Mystics. I refuse to lose. I refuse to lose. We now welcome in two-time MVP and 2019 WNBA champion Elena Deladon. Elena, thank you so much for joining us on NBA Today. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So three years ago in the 2019 WNBA Finals, you suffered a back injury and you've only been able to play in three regular season games since. How is your time away from the floor? How has that changed maybe the way you view the game? <laughs> it, it shows me that this game can be taken from you at any moment and to truly enjoy every single day, every single day, every practice, every moment you get to play this beautiful game. So for me, I know I've been playing for many years, but because of this break and this injury and the unknowns, if I'd ever play again, I feel like there, it's a new me. Um, and just really just trying to enjoy every second I get to play this game. I know I, for one, can't wait to see that, that new, maybe improved, uh, grateful you out on the court. Ben Simmons of the Brooklyn Nets, he had back surgery today. And as an athlete that's gone through multiple back surgeries, can you just take us behind the curtain of what that recovery process is like? I can't imagine. I guess it's different for everybody. Back yeah. surgery, I've learned, isn't just cut and dry, like, hey, have your surgery, you'll be back in three months. Um, you know, that was the timeline I was given for both, and it didn't happen that way. And I think you just have to find the right people to work with you to change the way that you've been moving. And that was crucial for me. I moved way too much through my spine and from up top and I've had to gain so much more muscle in my legs and so much strength from my base and moving from below but it takes time and um, you know I wish certainly I wish all the best to him and I'll probably reach out to him now that I know that and uh, let him know uh, kind of what helped me and give him some encouragement but it can be tough. Yeah, that's a, a new cohort that kind of can be formed of folks that have had to go through that. But now you get to put the bulk of your recovery behind you and you seem poised to help the Mystics get back to the top of the WNBA. What are your thoughts heading into the season with this team this year? I'm so excited about this team. We've got some 
old teammates, like we're bringing the band back. Yeah. Uh, people who are gone for a couple years and are back. And then we've got some new incredible people that we're adding as well. Um, it was, it's been a great preseason. It's been a really great camp. And then now it's time to kind of just start putting it all together and continuing to form our culture and identity that'll take us through the season. There, there's been a, a string, right, of roster cuts from teams around the league. There's been a recent call for change in the structure of WNBA from plenty of players, including our own Shanae Gumake. Brianna Stewart talked about it. What are your thoughts on some of these high draft picks that are just completely being left off of rosters? It's heartbreaking to see, and you don't want to see that for our game, especially if we want this game to continue to grow and be great down the road. You can't have all vets right now and then no youth coming up. Yeah. Uh, so we've got to find a way to continue to develop our youth who are coming into this game. There just aren't enough spots, and we got to find a way to change it. I know one thing Cheney mentioned was possibly adding a, a WNBA G League just so that we can see that young talent continue to grow and thrive because that's what would been one of the most exciting things about the league lately has been the growth of the WNBA. Uh, Elena, before we let you go, th there was some news this week. The U.S. government now considers Brittany Griner to be wrongfully detained in Russia, and the WNBA announced that it'll be recognizing Griner, placing her number on the court. Her salary is going to be paid in full. What's been the reaction amongst players as all of this is unfolding? Uh, just our hearts being with Brittany, of course, and her family. I can't even imagine what they're all going through and continuing to use our voices to raise awareness and get her home. Uh, it's going to be really sad uh, having, you know, the season begin tomorrow and Brittany not be here and be home. So continuing to, you know, reach out to her family and um, hope that the more we can talk about it and bring awareness to it, that we can get Brittany home. Our thoughts are certainly certainly with Brittany, with the WNBA's calendar schedule being set to tip off tomorrow. Is there one game that you have circled on your calendar that you're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this one? <laughs> you know, I obviously, you know, there's certain teams that you see on the calendar and you get a little excited for. But for me. I haven't been playing in so many years. It's the next game. So I am so excited to be a part of, you know, kicking off the season, being yeah. in that first home opener. That's huge for me. Absolutely. I'm going to take it all in. I can't look too far forward. <laughs> well, I have to say, Chanae has made it so that I'm kind of a Sparks fan, but I can be convinced to be a Mystics fan. I could be convinced. I really appreciate you stopping by you and need joining an East us Coast today. Team. Come I do. On now. I, I do. I'm open to yeah. it. Elena, thank you so all much right. for joining us on NBA Today. Of course, thank you. This is the WNBA's 26th season and Saturday on ESPN and the app tip-off weekend continues with our featured matchup. Reigning MVP John Quill Jones leads the Sun against Sabrina Unescu and the Liberty. Our coverage begins at 6 Eastern. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. New York got their man and the NBA was thrilled. Conspiracy theorists wondered, was it a lucky horseshoe, fate, or something else? The CBS broadcast of that night has become the NBA's Zapruder film. Here in the starlight roof of the Waldorf, about 150 reporters have gathered to cover this event. If we examine this frame by frame, we can see what really happened. What really happened is they picked an envelope out of the box and it so happened to be the New York Knicks. Wrong. Let's cover each theory one by one to find out.
Make sure to check out that trench coat on I need to see that on ESPN Plus. Speaking of some uh, good video, I have something that y'all. There you go. You guys, yeah, Vince. you guys really need to see this. Yeah. Have you seen this from the official NBA refs Twitter account? Hey. That that's Scott Foster. What? Hey, my guy Aaron Lewis. Rapping to Jack Harlow's nail tech. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Have you ever seen Scott Foster? Have you ever think, thought that you would see him rap? I, I, I could see that because I remember after the finals Bow. time, I Bow. got a chance to Bow. talk to Scott. Bow. Hey. <laughs> I have never seen it, but I would like to see I more. Know. <laughs> I know Eric Lewis. He's from my hometown, and knowing him, he he made F Scott Foster do that. I know, That's I know, so you, I know you. I love that. That's going to do it for us today. First NFL first. Live is coming up next, that. and I guess we're just going to be over here like. <laughs> bow, bow, bow.